Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. singing that softly just raise your hands toward heaven we worship you God just give him praise give him reverence right now we thank you for the light that you shine into our lives that dispels the darkness that we were in Lord we don't have a spirit of fear but Lord we have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind Lord we fear you we reverence you and we honor you and we glorify you in this place We desire to be in your presence, not just to observe, not just to watch, but Lord, to enter in, to be a part of, to Lord, we want to engage with you. We want to be in your presence and we know that you're here and what you want to do with us, oh God, is that you want to empower us not just to be the keepers of your presence in here, but to take your presence with us out there to minister to those who are away from you, those who do not know you, and those who are living in fear. They need to hear the name of Jesus that will cast out fear, that will bring light into their life, and you're going to do it by using the body of Christ to the church. You're going to send us and you have sent us on mission to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord. In our jobs, in our homes, our families, every place we go, let your light so shine through us in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Thank you, praise team. I believe God is going to do something here this morning. I want to be sensitive to the Lord and trusting God. And I'm just reflecting on what God has done over the last few weeks and and not just uh, not just here. He's doing here, but he's doing things other places and trying to bring it all and connecting all that. Our, our prayer calls that were uh, many of the ministers and pastors are on and and if you haven't had a chance, we posted it, but Friday, uh, Thursday morning's prayer call was very powerful. Um, there's a link on our Facebook page, and you can go to the Indiana State website, and there's a, there's a link there that you can look at the prayer calls and listen to the one from Thursday. There's revival happening. It's over 30 days now in Florida at a church, and, and it broke out on a Wednesday night. How many bodies thinks that God can break out on a Wednesday night? Amen? That's a good plug-in for coming here this Wednesday night, because you don't know what God wants to do. And on that Wednesday night, the pastor was getting ready to go into the sanctuary. He says about five minutes till they were start, starting their service. And the Lord said to him, the door is open. And so he went back to his office and wrote that down. And, and they begin to share that. And the revival began to break. The testimony, there's been people that are saved. There's been people that have been uh, d- delivered from demonic oppression and demon possession. There's been people that were healed physically. There was one lady who was blind that there was 20 people who witnessed that her eye was cloudy, there wasn't a pupil, and in front of their eyes, they saw God move and move on her, and the eye cleared up, a pupil was formed. How many believe that that happened? Uh, I believe that God is still able to do that today. And there's people who are here this morning, there's people who are watching online that need the healing touch of God, and God is able to do that here, even in this place. So he's looking, though, for people that are hungry and looking for him. God doesn't set the tone of the atmosphere. Our hearts do. The way we come in, the way that we press in, determines the way that God moves. So come in hungry. Be hungry today. Be ready today. Just over the last few weeks after I got back from my trip from Scotland, I preached that Sunday, but during that next week, as I was preparing for the the following week, the Lord was dealing with me on on how to lead the service, and and, um, and it was as simple as, let's do an opening song, let's do the announcements, go right into the Word and into the the presence of God right after that. No worship before, but making the, the worship at the end that we just enter in. Isn't it just interesting that the Lord was leading that for us to do here, that revival breaks out that Wednesday at Asbury, and it happened in the same way. They preached, and then he said, hey, if anybody wants to stay around and pray, and God's spirit began to move. After I started talking to some other leaders and, 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 and folks, uh, they, they said, we had a similar experience. Uh, <clears throat> one worship leader was telling me that they told their, their team, I have this song I want to do this, and I don't know what's going to happen after that. I don't have anything else planned. I'm just going to follow what God is doing right here. And and, and this is what I think God is trying to tell us right now. Take a step back. 
Make it simple, but make it powerful to him. Let's worship and engage him. I like all the things that we're doing. I I like that we're able to to, to live stream. I'm glad that we're able to put words out there on live stream. I'm glad that we're able to have it in here. But if God moves in a way that he says, I just want you to rest in my presence. I I want you, if even it's just one song that we sing over and over, but it's it's an anointed song of the Lord, and we're following after that, I want to trust the Lord in what he's doing. Amen? So last week, or this week, we're going to look at this message from his presence to keeping his presence. Last week, we looked at from desire to presence. We were in the the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Today, we're going to go in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and all the way through the beginning of chapter 7. So hold on. You're going to have to buckle your seatbelts. There's a lot there, and there's by no way that I can cover everything that's taking place. So I'm just going to give highlights. This could be a very long message series if we broke through everything, but I think God has something that he wants to tell us today. And so I'm going to move through that and give you some highlights, but you can go back and read uh, 1 Samuel and see what's going on. But as we get into that, let's say the declaration of the word this morning. Can we do that? I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray for me this morning. I have a a tickle in my throat, but I'm going to give my very best if I, today, glory to your name. The bullet points are very easy today, and if you're new with us, um, the outline is there. Uh, a lot of times there's more fill in the blanks, but usually there's a, a thought that goes with a particular verse or a, a, a portion of verses, and, and so you can see that as kind of our outline of verses up there. And then the verses are here, and I, I just want to pull some things out of this. We, real, we recognized from last week that Hannah was barren. She, was, she wanted a child. Um, the other wife of Elkanah was able to have children. She provoked, Peniah provoked Hannah. And we see Hannah at the, at the altar of the Lord crying out in a way that, that uh, she wasn't loud. She was in herself, but she was pouring out. And because of her pouring out, God outpoured to her. Amen. And, and how many knows that God can do that? And her heart's desire was to have a, a child. And she says, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you for your service. And we see that the Lord honored that prayer. And we saw that Hannah had a child. His name was Samuel. And then she dedicated him to the Lord. So we pick up here at the beginning of chapter, <coughs> excuse me, chapter 2. We just hear a couple of verses. I won't read through the whole prayer, but I wanted you to hear the first two verses of this prayer. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. I think we need to pause right there and rejoice in the Lord. Lord, I rejoice in you. Has God answered any of your prayers? I, I know he has. It's good to see Brother Martin back there. I know that he's been ha- answering your prayers and, and there's healing. Has God, come on, someone celebrate. God answers prayers and when he does, we need to rejoice. And when we're waiting, we need to rejoice because he is on the throne. Amen? 
She says, my, ho- my horn is exalted in the Lord. I, I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. You think she's singing a Paniah? She's like, even though that she's taunted me, uh, but I've received the blessing. I now, not when I see them, I get sad and, and disfigured, but I stay happy because I know that God is on my side. Someone needs to hear this morning that God is on your side. I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. I've stopped at these first two verses, but there's a lot there that we can celebrate and and we can pray and we can stand on. There is no one holy like our God. When I was at Asbury, just sitting there in that presence, and I kept looking up to the, to the back of the, of the sanctuary, way up atop, uh, there's a banner in big gold letters, uh, Holiness unto the Lord. Uh, that's the banner that they set under. That's the banner they worship under. That's the banner they praise under. And that's the banner they want to live under. Lord, help us, oh God, be holy people. That's the history of our movement. Uh, there was a people that were hungry after the holiness of God, and they said, oh, we need to be holy because because he is holy. That's what the word of God says. Lord, help us. There's no holiness like you. There's no one holy like you. There's none like you. And as we follow through this passage quickly, we go down to verse 12. We see that Hannah's praying about the holiness of God. And at the same time, there's, a, there's a other things that are taking place. We see about the evilness of Eli's sons. We see people who are righteous like Hannah declaring the holiness of God. And then you see the sons of Eli, who Eli was, a, who was the high priest, and, and, and his sons were evil. Verse 12 says this, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They didn't know the Lord. They were in the, the, the priest's home. They're, the, they're supposed to take over. They're supposed to be leading the people. Verse 17 says, therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. And men abhorred the offering of the Lord. They made a mockery of the, the sacrifices. They, they, they took advantage of the sacrifices. They didn't honor God in the way that he needs to be honored. You need to hear this this morning. We have to honor him in the way that he deserves to be honored and praised. We have to honor him with our tithes and our offerings and our giving with our whole heart. Uh, giving is a heart issue. Everything that we do uh, in, the, in, a, in the house of the Lord and, and our life with him is a hard issue. That's why we keep reminding ourselves uh, with the scriptures that above all else, guard your heart. Lord, help us guard our heart because the enemy wants to dis- defile our hearts. Uh, he wants to deceive our hearts. Uh, he wants our hearts to be broken. He wants our hearts to be corrupted. But we know that God can keep us. How many knows that God can keep you if you keep surrendering your heart? Lord, help me keep surrendering my heart to you. Keep my heart protected. Verse 18, it says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. I bring back Samuel. We we talk about, again, there was evil there, but then we see that there there was one Hannah who was barren, but now she's blessed. It's interesting how this story just keeps interweaving both things going on. There, there's evil, but there's blessings taking place. But this young child, Samuel, ministered before the Lord even as a child wearing a linen ephod. Verse 19, moreover, his mother used to make him a, a little robe and, and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. They didn't stop giving praise after he answered a prayer request. That's a good place for an amen. 
How many times have we stopped? When we're in need, we're on our knees. But when things are okay, we stand back up because everything's okay. We can't get off our knees. We can't stop praying. We can't stop pressing in. We can't give up. The Lord is moving and he wants to use us. you got to hear, this is the whole reason. It's not just to bless your homes. He needs the people of God, desires the people of God to stretch out beyond these walls and share the gospel with the lost. There's a dying world that's out there, but he does it through our testimonies. He does it through our obedience obedience. Uh, He does it through our sacrifice. We keep giving him praise. He keeps blessing us. We keep telling people what God is doing in our lives. They want God in their lives. We're able to share that truth. And he's opening doors right now. We're praying for Tammy this afternoon. She's going to have an opportunity to minister to a, a, a neighbor friend that's in the hospital. A surgery went bad. It was supposed to be simple, but it went bad. The family is, is, hasn't really thought that maybe she'll want to enter. One of the family members says, hey, maybe this is what we need. No, this is what you need. And, and so we pray a blessing on Tammy, Lord, right now. An anointing when she goes in that room that they'll, not even the words that she says, but they feel the presence of God with her. And the words that she says speaks deep into their hearts and brings transformation to that family and healing to this friend. We need your presence. We can go from being barren to blessed. How many believe that? Verse 20, and Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give you descendants from this womb for the loan that was given to the Lord Then they would go to their own home. Listen, verse 21. And the Lord visited Hannah, and so she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So Hannah was barren, but now she's blessed. Couldn't have children, now she has six. And one is completely dedicated to the Lord. Move two slides up, if you will. Hannah was barren, but is now blessed. She had six children. So here's what happens. Listen, the Lord can change your circumstances. How many believes that? How many serving the same God that Hannah served? Uh, How many knows that God can change your circumstances? Uh, He can take you from being barren to being blessed. Uh, That when you cry out to the Lord, when you pour out to the Lord, he's going to outpour to you. uh, If we will praise him, seek him, honor him, and humble ourselves before him. That's the heart of what's going on right now in this movement that's Especially at Asbury, it's a, it's a place of humility. I've had a lot of people who found out I went and, and asking, what do you see? And, I, and I'm like, it's humble worship. And I, I like, you know me, I like exuberant worship. I like the drums. Austin makes it look so easy, doesn't he? We're blessed. But I also realize there's times, there's seasons that we, we've got to quiet before the Lord. We can have both in the same service. But I also realize that the God who deserves a, a shout of praise sometimes deserves our, our, our holy reverence of just, Lord, we want to hear what you're doing. I don't want to put it in a box. I don't want to say it always has to look like this. It has Because we want God to have his way. And this is what I'm learning. I want to be sensitive to God. But I know that he wants to be with us. He, he, wants, his pres- he wants us to experience his presence. And we can every time we come together. 
as we move down through the passage, we'll see that there's a prophecy against Eli's household. Eli finds a report of what his sons are doing. They're, they're, they're being evil. They're sleeping with the, the prostitutes at the temple. They're, they're, they're abhorring the offering, the sacrifices. So Eli begins to say, no, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people, listen, you make the Lord's people transgress. It matters, believers, how we live our lives. Those of us who call ourselves Christians, it matters how we live our lives before other people. Because they're watching And Eli says, you're making the Lord's people transgress because of your weakness, you're making them weak. Do you know that people, they they get weak, they get disturbed, they get discouraged when they see people who are supposed to be after God's heart. When they see that they're not, they, they get disrupted. That's how the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But we understand that God wants to give us life. He will give us life if we keep seeking and pressing into him. Verse 25 says, as Eli continues on, if one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, this is the warning, they did not heed the voice of their father. How many times uh, in in churches has a message gone out, uh, even a message of warning, uh, and that those hearing the message, uh, either in a room or watching online, did not hear, heed what God was saying? Do you know that the Word of God gives us warning that we need to line up, we need to get serious, uh, don't take it for granted, none of us are promised tomorrow. I know I'm safe in His hands. But I don't want to miss His warning. How many thankful for the, the mercy and the grace of God? Hey, is anybody in this room, if you would go back uh, sometime in your life, you're like, oh, wow, if the Lord came then, I wouldn't have made it, even though I knew who he was, uh, even though I may have been at church at one time and I visited uh, the house of the Lord, there was something in my life, I was separate from him, I was not serving him, I heard the warning, but I didn't listen to the warning. But aren't you glad that God kept knocking on your heart's door? Aren't you glad that God didn't give up on you? That's why he still calls preachers, that's why he still calls teachers, that's why we still need a house of the Lord so that the word of God will be preached in love but we've got to be able to preach it without any any reverence uh, to the people but the reverence to God uh, we've got to realize we got to speak truth and the truth has to be set out there and people need to hear the truth that their hearts may be changed Lord help us preach your truth in love but preach your truth with boldness He goes on, but if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed to the voice of the Father because the Lord desired to kill them. They were so evil, he, their hearts were already hardened. But here's the, the other side of it. And the, cha- and the child Samuel grew in the stature and favor both with the Lord and men. Because Samuel was one that was dedicated to the house of the Lord, and he began to serve the Lord with gladness. Then we move into chapter 3. If you're reading the beginning of chapter 3, you'll see that the word of the Lord was rare, meaning there was no new revelations. But even in that, we can still say that but God kept speaking. 
He didn't stop completely, but the word of the Lord, the revelation was very rare. And so we see in chapter 3, and, and I won't go deep into that's another whole message in itself, this passage, but I want to give you the highlights as we're moving through this, this book together real quickly today. Samuel hears the voice of the Lord. He's a young boy. He hears the voice of the Lord three times. It's when he's laying down to, to go to rest. He's in the same place where the Ark of the Covenant is at. And after the third time, because every time he hears this voice of the Lord, uh, he runs to Eli and saying, yes, I'm here. What do you want, Eli? He thought it was Eli calling him. And Eli didn't say, he's like, you're just hearing things. It's not me. Go back to sleep. Uh, then it happened a second time. He's like, I don't know what you're hearing. Go back to sleep. After the third time, Eli, who is the, supposed to be the man of God, finally realizes that this must be the Lord. So he instructs Samuel to say, next time this happens, say, speak for your servant hears. We need to learn from that this morning. We need to have a heart. Say, God, I'm open to hear from you, and I want to be your servant. That's what our heart needs to be. I want to serve the kingdom of God. I want to serve the Lord God Almighty. It's not about us and where he wants to take us. It's about us serving him and what he wants to do through us to touch someone else's life. Lord, help me have a servant heart. Chapter 3. At the end, we see that the Lord gave Samuel the prophecy about the death of Eli and his sons. Then we move into chapter 4. From here on out, I want you to just think about this, about following the ark. Not, a, not that they were following, just following the path where the ark goes, okay? It goes on a journey. Chapter 4, we see that Israel goes into battle against the Philistines. And you, you've heard a story about the Philistines, David and Goliath and all this. Uh, this is that group that just an enemy of Israel. <laughs> In this battle, after 4,000 Israelites were killed, the people of Israel decided, hey, I've got a plan. How about we take the Ark of the Covenant that represents the presence of God? This would probably be a good idea. I know we're not serving him completely the way we're supposed to, but we have the Ark still, and, and that's the presence of God. Uh, let's take that to battle with us. Uh, surely, if we take his presence in there, we'll be victorious. Uh, instead of praising God, instead of praying to God, they thought they would just use God. Uh, doesn't it sound a little bit like the New Testament sometimes? Uh, uh, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Uh, uh, didn't we do this in your name? Uh, and Jesus says, depart because I never knew you. You need a personal relationship with God. In order to be in the presence of God, you've got to know God. You can't just throw out his name randomly because his name is powerful. But his name is powerful to those who know who he is and that he is the son of God and call on his name as the only son of God, as the only way to heaven, that they call on, their, on his name as Savior. Then we're able to use his name boldly. But that's because we have a relationship with them. They didn't have a relationship with God. They were just trying to use an instrument of God. They were trying to just do it. The, they just thought it their own way. Maybe this will work. Guess what? It didn't work. That's why we want to seek the presence of God. When we're coming together. It's about being sensitive to what the Lord is doing right now. And that's what's so important about the revivals that are taking place because some are asking the questions and it's happening at Lee, uh, uh, revivals taking place. Or are they just trying to mimic that one over there? And, and only God knows the true heart of what, who and of, of everybody that's involved. But here's the thing. We can't mimic something, but when we go in through it uh, with an authentic heart uh, and a broken heart uh, and a humble heart, God can do the same thing here as he's doing there. And yes, because some may try to mimic something, they may stir some things 
hands up and some people may shout and spin and jump and, and, and do all those things. But when it's really of God, God receives the praise. Uh, it's not for us to try to judge who is really praising God. It's for me to worship God, forget about everybody else. I'm here to worship him. I'm here to seek after him. I'm here to humble myself before him. I'm here to hear his voice. Lord, we seek after you. I don't want to just do it one way because another church did it this way and it it brought results. If you're telling us to do that, we'll do that. But they took it on their own selves that here's what we'll come up with. God didn't tell them to take the ark into battle. They came up with this on themselves. They had a false security. That since they had the ark, they had the presence and the favor of God. Be careful. Don't fall into a place of false security. Just because you prayed three weeks ago for an anointing doesn't mean that you don't need to pray this morning for a new anointing. The anointing from yesterday, the anointing that was here last Sunday, that has passed and gone, but we've come again on Tuesday and felt the presence of the Lord afresh and anew. We came in on Wednesday and felt the Lord fresh and anew. We're here this morning and we're feeling the presence of God afresh and anew. Yes, we can linger off of the, of the anointing from yesterday, but it will go stale. We have to continue. We have to press in. We have to seek him daily. We have to pick up our cross daily. We have to realize he wants to meet with us daily and he wants to meet with us here this morning. How many has a need today that you need to give to the Lord and you're not going to meet it at your own pace at home. You need to be with other believers uh, praying and seeking God. And in the midst of his presence, uh, God is able to pour out uh, his power, his manifestation of the spirit of God that will move in the hearts of people. He can break down bondages. uh, He can break down addictions. uh, He can break down strongholds. uh, He can rekindle uh, a love for people and one another in marriages. uh, He can do all things nothing is impossible for him he's able to heal there's some people in this place today that need a healing touch and it's because we're pressing in that some are going to experience the healing touch of God today but it's not through a false security we know that we have a relationship with God and we boldly say that but we humbly proclaim it's not because of who we are but it's because of who he is In chapter 4, as we continue on, they took the ark into battle with them. The Philistines were afraid when they heard the uproar, but they stood strong, and the Philistines captured the ark. And in in this capturing of the ark, uh, Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were there with it, and they were killed. They died right there. Eli gets the news, and when he hears the news, he falls backwards off of the gate. I'm going through this fast, but here's the highlights. Uh, He falls backwards off of the gate, and he dies. In the middle of that, one of uh, Eli's sons, uh, daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant. She was at the place of labor, and she hears the news that her husband dies, and her brother-in-law dies and her father-in-law is dead and so she begins to have travail she gives birth and and after this uh, uh, in this this place uh, she's so distraught she's so down they're like it's okay you have a boy but it didn't make a difference to her so she named him Ichabod meaning that the presence of God was taken away the glory of God this is what verse 21 says uh, this is right happens right before she dies giving birth to this child she says the name shall be called Ichabod saying the glory has departed from Israel 
because the ark of, the, of God had been captured and because of her father-in-law and her husband. The glory of God departed. It started with the disobedience of those who should have known better. Lord, help us. We don't want to see your glory depart. We want to see your glory be imparted. We seek after you, God. Help us, O oh Lord, in the day that we're in, in this evil, there's evilness all around us. But isn't it interesting that when one of the most evil, probably it is the most evil display of satanic worship publicly at the Grammys for many to see, I didn't watch it. I've seen a picture come up on Facebook. I said, I don't even want to look at that. I don't, I don't want that around. But the, the, the enemy, the, the Satan, was displayed so vividly that the church rose up, began to cry out. The generation that that is supposed to be alluing in and, and supposed to be for, that generation is standing up and saying, we don't want that, we want God. Lord, let that fall across the, the United States. Lord, help us realize that, that there's a generation that will seek after you and that you want to pour out your spirit on your sons and your daughters. Uh, our young maidens are going to, are going to, see, are, are going to prophesy. You're going to speak, O oh God, through our maidens and our maids and our men servants. Chapter 5, we see that the Philistines have the ark. They take it to the house of the of the false god of Dagon. You need to read this chapter. It's, it'll, it'll get you laughing because of how what God does. Uh, the Philistines thought, hey, we'll put it in this, this temple. with. It's just like another god, right? We'll take it by and put it by our, our god, Dagon. So when it's there overnight, Dagon falls down to the ground. How many knows that <laughs> at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow? <laughs> Every false god, uh, uh, the people who follow them have to acknowledge that that God is not real, but that God in heaven, uh, God Almighty, God Jehovah, he is real, uh, and we will worship him. Uh, and we're able to do that now. We know him now. I just have to say, if anybody's watching this and watching it later online, you need to go back and see where God is intervening in your life. I don't know why I'm pausing to say this. He's intervened in some of your lives, and you've disregarded it. You may not have very many more chances if you let your heart go cold. Don't disregard the things, the protection of the hand of the Lord on your life. And I pray right now, begin to pray with me. God, I pray, reveal to these ones who need to hear this. Let them see where your hand has protected them and where you've kept them. They may not understood it. They may not acknowledge that it was you. But, Lord, I pray right now, and wherever they're at, maybe it's tonight in their, in their dreams or, they're, or it's tonight when they're, they're relax, relaxing. Lord, I pray that they begin to sense that you did something. Remind them. Remind them of how you were going after them because, Lord, your time is near. So here's what they did. They set back Dagon back up. And that's what happens. That's what people do when, when they, they see that God is doing something. They don't want to recognize this God, so they go ahead and set back the false idols up in their life. 
They, they set up the things that are not of God back, even though that God tried to knock it down, try to get their attention, try to get our attention at times. We, we set it back up, right? So this is what God does. He, the next night, he does it again. He knocks Dagon down. This time he takes his head off and his hands off. The only thing's left is a torso. He says, I'm not going to let you be able to set it back up the way it was. I'm God Almighty. So the Philistines like, I don't know what to do with this. So they sent the ark to Gath. The men of Gath in chapter 5, because they have the ark of the covenant, which doesn't belong to them, they're not seeking the presence of God. But because of the presence of God that's there, that they don't desire, and they're not trying to worship him, they are struck with tumors. And after they dealt with this a while, they sent it to Ekron. Going to chapter 5, verse 10. When, they, when the people of Gath brought it to Ekron, here's what they were saying. Therefore, they sent the ark of God to Ekron. So it was as the ark came to Ekron, the Ekronites, they cried out saying, they have brought the ark of God to, of Israel to us to kill us and our people. They understand, there's, even though they don't want to follow God, they realize the power of God. And there's some people out here today that they don't want to follow God, but they will deny that he's real. They know that his power is real, but they're so prideful. They're so in themselves that they don't want to surrender. We have to surrender to God. God is going to knock down pride. And that's what this revival is all about. Knocking down pride. It's humble worship. Seeking God. And that's been a prayer. Less of me, more of you. Listen to this. The presence of God is powerful. And if you are not drawing to the Lord to allow his spirit to change you, you will not be comfortable in the presence of the Lord. Hear it one more time. The presence of God is powerful. That's why when we come together, when we begin to worship together, and we were praying even on Tuesday night, Lord, let it be as if people just walk into the sanctuary. They feel the presence of the Lord. His presence is always here. We understand that. But there's his presence uh, when we begin to worship. We begin to sense it differently. His presence is so powerful. But here's the thing. If you're not drawing to the Lord, if you're just sitting, and, and I'm not picking on a place in the, in the place. You can sit anywhere in the, in the room. But if you're not drawing in, if you're not saying, I want, I'm just here, I, don't just be here. Draw in. Because we can, be get, we can get so cold to the presence of God if we don't want him to change us uh, and we just want to stay the same way we've always been. We will then, we, we won't be comfortable because God's presence is stirring. And there's going to be some people that are not comfortable because they're not willing to be changed. The, they, I've been in the house of the Lord all my life, but, but now I'm not comfortable to be there even though I know that's where I'm supposed to be, but I'm not comfortable being there, it's because we're not willing to be changed. When you're willing to be changed, you allow the Holy Spirit to, to work on our hearts. How many still has room to be worked on? 
But we can also say, I'm not ready for that to be worked on right now. And we can resist it. And when, when that happens, we'll be uncomfortable. We'll be fidgety in the house of the Lord. We don't want to respond. We get critical about what's even going on. Why are they blessing the Lord? Would they just stop? Because I don't want to enter in yet. Somebody, don't stop anybody else. Uh, but be like the builders on the wall. When, when you see that they're doing the right thing, get next to somebody. Uh, let God's power move, oh man. Help us, oh God. Chapter 6, I'm trying to hurry. In chapter 6, we see the ark of the Lord is returned to Israel. And it's an interesting story how they even set that, how that even goes by. That goes to Beth Shemesh. Verse 19, we pick up on this. Then God, he struck the men in Beth Shemesh. The ark of the covenant was returned to them. They even did a sacrifice uh, to God. It was pulled into town with some, with some cows that were never yoked before. You've got to read the story. It's, it's interesting. But it's pulled into town. But they, but they looked into the... They knew better. How many knows that we know better sometimes? We've got to be sensitive to the Lord. Be obedient. Be reverent. We've, we've, we've lost talking about the, the reverence of God's space. I want to reverence his presence. I want to reverence him. We call this a house of the Lord. I want to reverence the house of the Lord. I don't want to make rules and regulations. I, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. I'm, what I'm saying is, to usher in the presence of God, we have to reverence his presence. When there's a holy hush, we sense that. I don't want to disrupt that. I want to be sensitive. You, you, I hope you hear my heart today. We want to be sensitive to what God is doing. They weren't sensitive. They, they were curious, and they opened up the ark. So he struck 50,070 men of the people, and the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with great slaughter. Verse 20, and the men of Beth Shemesh who said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall it go apart up from us? Then they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjoth Jerem, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come and take it with you. We know it belongs to you. We want to give it back to you because you know how to honor the presence of the Lord. And here, as the praise team comes back, this is why I want to get to this part. This is the leading up to this verse right here. Presence keepers. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then the men of kirjoth Jerem came and took the ark of the Lord. And they brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill, and they consecrated Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. Listen, we are called to be the present keepers of God. We are called to be the presence keeper of God. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. We have been called 
to be the presence keeper. Lord, you called one man to look over the Ark of the Covenant, but now you call us all to be filled with your presence, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to take your presence with us wherever we go, to be the light to this world, dispelling the darkness. I want to be your presence keeper. As you stand to your feet, You may have heard some of these stories for the first time and maybe not connect with every part of the storyline. But you have a sensitivity in your heart that God is knocking on your heart to know Him more. God wants you to know Him more. Don't be afraid to press into the presence of God. He's called us to be his presence keepers because we need to take his presence seriously. And it's not just a Sunday morning. It's not just a Tuesday night prayer. It's not just a Wednesday night. Every day, Lord, we want to seek your presence. If you're here this morning or watching online and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you haven't asked him to come into your heart, if you need to restore that, that relationship with him, this is the day. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't think I'll do it next week. This is the day. Is there anyone that needs to pray that prayer or ask what that means? I'll be here in the altar area in just a few moments. You can come and I want to pray with you. If you're online watching now or later and you see this and you want to give your heart to God and you're not even sure what that means you just realize I want him in my life I want to surrender to him and call the number on the screen I want to walk with you and talk with you through what that means I know there's many needs in this room there's needs for healing but healing takes place in the presence of God and you can be the keeper of his presence not to hold up for just ourselves, but to be wherever we go, his glory is with us. We sung about the glory of God earlier today. His glory, he wants to, he wants to share his glory through us. So the message this morning, the altar call this morning, as I feel led to do, is I want to invite you to press in and seek the presence of the Lord. For these next few moments, just press in. You may feel free to come around here, stand, kneel, lay, sit on the front row, but let's seek the presence of the Lord this morning because in his presence, there's healing and he can work through us and he can have us and lead us to go to a certain place and pray for someone or you may grab my intention or others' attention to pray for you but right now what the Lord is asking us let's press in let's press in and seek his presence don't be in a hurry don't be in a rush will you do that? praise him and lead us
just as we're getting ready to come to a close, I just feel like the Lord wants to bring some healing. If anyone needs a physical healing touch, make your way down quickly right here, right now. The Lord wants to do something this moment. If you need a physical healing touch, just come right now. Those who are watching, just go stretch your hand this way. We're going to pray a prayer of faith right now. God, you know every one of these persons that are here, what they're facing, what they're, what, they're, what they're going against, the reports that they've been given. Lord, we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that your hand will sweep across here and that, Lord, that you will touch them. Reports of cancer goes away. Lord, reports of diabetes goes away. Lord, the pains that are in the bodies, Lord, that you know what they're facing, Lord, physically. Lord, these negative reports, we come against it in the name of Jesus. You want to bring healing. We're going to hear testimony, oh God, of your faithfulness. We declare it in Jesus' name. Raise your hands for heaven. Receive from God right now the healing that your heart conditions are being healed right now. In the name of Jesus, heart conditions are being healed right now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pain. Pain has got to go away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Negative reports are being changed right now. Negative reports are being changed. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. You've not given us a spirit of fear, oh God. We're trusting you, Lord. We're trusting you, God. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Will you sing that one more time? He's righteous. I just want to pray one last prayer before Sister Christina comes. Lord, I just pray over this congregation that tonight where every, where, wherever anyone is at, they find that place of silence and solitude that you meet them there and that we're going to hear reports of your presence in our homes, that you're going to speak to our hearts. Lord, you're bringing direction to people's lives and you're bringing confidence. And I ask you, Lord, to be there in our homes tonight as we find a place to be with you alone in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you would all recite this closing prayer with me, Psalm nineteen fourteen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Everyone have a beautiful day and God be with you.